Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. How is everybody this morning? You look good. Lights are pretty bright up here, but you look good. Um, you know, first I want to say, and, and please, I, I know I'm always taking a risk here, but um, if you've been a part of the last several Sundays, the last four Sundays, and Dr. Bucci sharing from Jude, uh, guys, it's been powerful. And I mean, just to the point where the word, as it always should be, has been resonating all week long. And it's just, it's wonderful to talk to people that it's impacted them in such a way that they're, that's what they're thinking on. That's what God is, because God, God's word is powerful. And Dr. Bucci, thank you so much for bringing God's word to us. Uh, powerful. Thank you so much. Yes. You know, if you're going to give God praise for something, you need to go ahead and give God praise like you mean it, right? So um, next time we clap, let's just really go ahead and get it down, right? Right? It's sort of like... Um, and if you don't know me, God bless you. You'll, you know, maybe you'll be blessed and not have to experience that. But the more you get to know me, <clears throat> I love uh, the diversity in our church. We've gone through so much with COVID that, it, you know, I feel like almost we're doing a church plan all over again sometimes. But the reality is there's so much diversity. <clears throat> so when I say things like this, it really is uh, a part of my serious nature, but it just comes out in a funny way. But sometimes when we clap like that, have you ever been a part of a, a real ethnically diverse congregation that you can tell if the white people are clapping and when they're not? Okay? They're, they're sort of like just like, you know, like this. But listen, when we give, when we give praise to the Lord, it's okay to get, get it together, right? Okay? Even there was a good time to, to do that. But anyway... <clears throat> So, <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, praise the Lord. Um, no, good job, good job. Let me ask you a question. Uh, in about three days, September the 22nd, the first official day of fall. Uh, so we'll celebrate this, you know, we celebrate. We, we're moving into a new season. Our annual calendar gives us four of those. So what new season are you moving into? What, you know, my grandchildren were in town for a few days, and we were driving by a few houses, and people already setting up for Halloween, and my granddaughter just really upset her. She was like, they are way too early. <laughs> and so when, when we were driving by, my, my wife and my daughter just said, oh, don't take her to the mall because they're already got Christmas trees up, right? And it's just Christmas. And, but here, here's the thing. If, if we're not careful, our life just sort of gets in a mash mix. And it just sort of, everything is together all the time. And you don't notice the changes that are necessary. Or you don't notice the changes that are taking place. Um, I know I've said this before. When we were moving through COVID, 
one of the blessings of going through that whole process was it, it made us slow down enough to notice things. It made us slow down enough to see what was wrong, what needed to be changed, and then it, it really was up to us. You know, it's going to be fall in a few days whether you like it or not. But the seasons in your life are up to you. What, what is it that I'm getting ready to step into? Or what is it that I'm getting ready to experience? Or what have I been experiencing? That it, it's something new in my life. It, it's certainly something, maybe I'm anticipating it. Maybe I'm striving for it. Maybe I'm moving toward it. Maybe I know God's in it and I'm going there. Or, or maybe I know God's not in it and I'm still pursuing it. It doesn't, you know, what is it? What is that season? And for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what, what that change needs to look like. We call it transformation in church language. What, what does that change look like? What does a transformed mind look like? What does a transformed life look like? And I just want to start just a very simple message today just on this new season of grace. And if, you, if you'll turn in the Word to Mark chapter 6, but whether it's your phone or, or you have a Bible, <clears throat> I just want to set this passage up real quick. Because as you look throughout Mark, especially uh, just even going back to Mark chapter 4, <clears throat> Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. You know, these are all stories we've heard many, many times, and I'm not going to to preach on each one, but Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. A great storm comes. They have to wake Jesus up. They wake him up, and he just says, peace be still. And they are amazed. Um, commentaries will tell us that this period of healing, these scenarios of healing that are taking place in Mark are just simply Jesus' response to his control over everything. So when they see his control over nature, they are astounded. When they see his control over things they are fearful of, they are astounded. But then it moves on in Mark chapter 5, the demoniac at the Gadarenes, he heals him. And again, a lot of stuff in that story there. He asks what their name is, and they say lesion, and then they beg Jesus, don't. Please send us, don't send us to the abyss, but send us over there to the pigs. So Jesus sent them to the pigs, and all the pigs ran off the hill. Well, um, city gets upset with him, asking to please leave. You just got rid of our pork industry. And, and the bottom line is, um, Jesus doesn't let that bother him. But I find it amazing <clears throat> how that the next thing they do when they cross back over there's a woman with the issue of blood. He runs into a gentleman by the name of Jairus. He's going to help Jairus. He's greeted by this woman. She reaches out to him with uh, an issue of blood, and she touches him, which was a very unclean thing to do. But Jesus, just by touching him, she is healed. And he questions, who had enough faith for that? And the disciples, again, they're in a quandary because they're like, what do you mean, who touched you? Everybody's touching you. No, this person who touched me. Now, listen. This person who touched me had faith. Now, that phrase gets abused a lot in the church because when somebody's prayer doesn't get answered, somebody undoubtedly says, well, you didn't have enough faith. That is not necessarily what that means there. 
what it does mean is when you really trust Jesus, he's going to answer the need in ways you can't even imagine. It may be my, by totally making you whole. It might, it might be that he allows you to be questioned like Jairus was. What are you doing messing with the teacher? It's too late. Jesus has ways of answering the prayers that I cannot understand. It's a mystery, guys. Just understand this. If you have to understand everything about God, you're going to be miserable. You will never understand everything about God. Revelation is this. Being Jesus Christ being a mystery is simply this. It's not that it's dark and we're trying to solve it. It's light, and there's so much of it, we'll never get it. You're constantly walking into it. You're constantly walking. Even when you get to heaven, you're going to say, holy Moses. I didn't expect this. But there are some people here, you've got to know it all before you believe it. Um, I'm not saying check your brains at the door. What I am saying is you better understand there's a God who is greater. There's a God who is able. And so even in this passage, God is doing incredible things through Jesus Christ. But then in Mark chapter 6, and Dr. Bucci shared about this several times out of the book of Jude, but he goes to his hometown in Nazareth, and there he has few followers. Not many miracles are done. Uh, the leaders there are saying, who, who is, what power are you operating? Who do you think you are? You're just a carpenter. You're Joseph's son. And all of his brothers and his sisters that were around, all of a sudden, nobody's on his side. And Jesus said, a prophet has no honor in his own country. What is he meaning? Um, there's a lot of old sayings, but it, he basically is saying, if you want to know how it feels not to be appreciated, try to go back and minister to your own family. <laughs> I learned at a very young age, I'll always, you know, my, there's so many John McClouds in my family. You, you don't really want to go by John if you can get a chance. Everybody had a nickname because my grandparents named every one of their children John McLeod. True story. Well, they named every one of their oldest son John McLeod. So for a long time, we're almost all dead now. So for a long time, it was a mess. So growing up, my, my name, the way I was identified was Little Johnny. Because by the time I came around, there were so many adult Johns, there had to be a little one. So I, I find myself sometimes realizing that when I came back home and I would minister, it, they, would, they would appreciate it. Oh, he, he's, he's so cute. Good job, little Johnny. Because they never really took me seriously, I don't believe. Took a long time. Why? Because when you go back and you minister to family, you're still little Johnny. And, and chances are some of you try to minister to family. We understand that, right? That's what Jesus is facing here. You turn right around and he sends out the 12. Now, and I'm, I'm sharing this, I'm setting this passage up because the disciples are with Jesus through several miracles, through several different downtimes, through seasons of unbelief. Even when they get to, uh, after John the Baptist is killed, Jesus still is feeding the 5,000. And he's telling the disciples constantly to believe. So by the time we get to chapter 6, verses 45, they've just fed the 5,000. 
with five loaves and three fishes. Right? I mean, the disciples are wanting to send them away. But Jesus said, no, have them sit down in hundreds and fifties. And he blessed the food and began to break it. And there's just something, and I just, I need somebody to hear this right now. It's not even a part of the message. There's something about being broken that meets people's needs. There's something about allowing him to break you in places that you don't want to be broken that meets people's needs. Because immediately after this incredible miracle, Jesus tells his disciples, get in the boat. Listen to what the word says. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when the evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on land, and he saw that they were making headway painfully. I love this translation. Um, another translation says that while he was praying, he looked out and he saw them straining. So they were painfully making headway, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he said to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and again they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Now let me just talk about that for a second. Let me start at the end of that passage, and I'm going to work my way back. Their hearts were hardened. What does that mean? I mean, that word, word hardened right there, all it, all it simply means, it's not, it doesn't even mean it got hard. It meant it got calloused. It meant that they had seen enough, and they had seen enough things happen, but it's, it's almost like being able to see something and you forget it. It's almost like Chinese water torture. You know, just one drop. After a while, it'll just drive you crazy. But you can get to a point, you don't even feel it anymore. And God can be moving, and you don't even feel it anymore. God could be doing something right in the midst of your boat. And you don't even feel it anymore. God can be walking across the sea of your life, and you think it's a ghost. Now, we're not here to judge the disciples. We are the disciples. And I say, I, I'm not saying that to make anyone upset. I'm saying that because I do the same thing. God could be moving, and I'm questioning. God, why is this happening? What's going on? Why, why are we going through this? And And... I, I forget the miracles. I forget how God has moved. I forget he's told us to believe in the word. I forget that after the great miracle, he's the one that said, get in the boat and go to the other side. Yes, Lord, what can go wrong? I'm, yes, I'm going to be, you know, it's easy to be obedient when you just saw Jesus feed 5,000. And you get right in that boat, you're even fighting for a good seat. Because I'm not missing this ride. Jesus is on and in it. He told us to do this. I know God's in this. But then the storm rages, 
And where's God? Now we're fighting to give up our seat. We're fearful. And then anything we see going on that doesn't make sense, it, it just breeds fear. I don't care if it's COVID. Now, please, I'm not speaking against our humanity. There's some things that, that we should, you know, if, if you just go through life, I'm not afraid of anything. You're going to die. Okay? You're going to get hit by, I'm not afraid of traffic. Well, don't play in it because it will hit you. All right? I'm not afraid of getting sick. But, you know, you still have to take precautions. This isn't about um, living foolishly. It's about understanding that you're never going to totally understand everything. You wouldn't need faith if you understood everything. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be a walk of faith. Am I making any sense? So, but, but the frustrating thing for me when I read this passage is that we do the same thing. God can spend weeks and months and even years in our lives to bring us to a place where he's trying to mature us for that next level. He's trying to mature us for a greater work. He's trying to mature us for things that we would never be able to prepare ourselves for. And we think he's a ghost. And so we, we want, we'd rather back away. But he says, take heart. So there's, there's three simple things that I want to talk about here just for a minute. Because when, when we look at this passage, there's, there's three things that are taking place. Number one, in a new season, God will always give you a new direction. Um, now listen, the direction is always going to be following him. But there, there's something that before we go any further in this passage, I just want to tell you that in a lot of times in my life, when God starts moving and, and getting me thinking, all right, I, I can sense this is a new season, it seems to be the same paths that I've gotten off of. It's not that there's so many new things going on in my life that, that I'm like, wow, God's doing new and greater things. No, I just realized I've not been following him as closely as I thought. It was easy for me to get distracted. It was easy for me to, to be on a good path, but not on the right path. Am I making any sense? So, so he gives them a new direction. Now, they'd been this way before. We'll see in just a moment. They, they had been where they were going before, but now there was a new reason to be going. It would be easy to want to be able to stay around the miracles because the last time they were in a boat, it was with Jesus. This time, it was a different way they were going to cross. They, they didn't have Jesus in the boat with them when they left this time. Doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't care. It just means that there's, there's trips in our lives, there are seasons in our lives that are going to look different than the last season. Now, this is speaking to somebody this morning. You're moving into different seasons, you're moving into different arenas of life, different periods of life. I know this makes sense. If Dr. Phil was here right now, he could make it make perfect sense. You know, he does everything, by the way, and everything is solved in 30 minutes. Nine and I saw it last night. I'm going to need about 45, and we're not sure if that's going to fix anything, right? Here's what I do know. There are seasons in your life where Jesus is going to direct you in the areas of your life that you thought, okay, man, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What? I didn't see that coming. 
What? I, I thought Jesus was in the boat with us. Wasn't he in the boat with us a few chapters ago? Uh, there's going to be areas in your life that God's going to send you into that in your mind you've already got preconceived ideas about what's supposed to happen. He goes, after all, how many have ever thought, man, when I first got saved, I felt the, I felt the power of God. I felt so clean. I felt so pure. And this is what life's going to feel like the rest of my life. And then two weeks later, or two days later, Somebody reminded you of your past. Or somebody reminded you of, of your failing. And somebody reminded you of, of how you're not spiritual enough. or how, Whatever people point at. And it was easy for you to stop believing in God's word. And his promises. He gives us a new direction. He told the disciples, get in the boat immediately. Now why immediately? I believe he said immediately because... Uh, or he meant immediately because we have a tendency to want to hang around the successes rather than to move forward in faith. We all have a tendency to want to hang around the comfort, the miracles. And, and even though we can predetermine what we think's on the other side, it's, it's getting there that we aren't sure. I heard someone say the other night, we'd rather hang around with our demons than step into something we don't know at all. We'd rather hang around with our suffering than step into something we don't know at all. And when Jesus says, get in the boat and go to the other side, we don't necessarily know. We knew over here there were miracles. We just sneak into that group of 50 and enjoy the blessings. But is that really following Christ? Now listen, we're all human, right? No, Everybody here loves to be blessed. Can I get an Amen. We all love to be blessed, but if all we're doing is seeking a blessing, we're missing Christ. If all I want to do is be comfortable and be a part of the group that's getting the fish and the loaves through a miracle, I'm going to miss what God is doing in my life. And, and by the way, us and what we're doing here at Grace River, it's not about just hoping Jesus comes and, 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 and read uh, there's a new creation and new, he new heaven and a new earth and we all have new bodies and we're all, everything's new. So we're just going to huddle here till he comes. No. He, we're on a mission. We want to people, as many people as we can, as many people as we know, to experience what we know is true. Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor, I, I believe if we could feed 5,000 with a miracle, that would get them in here. Probably. But here's what I've discovered about Jesus. He wasn't doing miracles just to impress people. That's why he told the disciples, immediately, get in the boat. I'll take care of the miracle crowd. You get in the boat and go. Why? Because he had plans for them. I hope I'm making sense. Because some of you are moving into some, some pretty significant seasons that you've already got preconceived ideas about what's supposed to happen. You've already got ideas about, you, you've even started praying, God, here's what you need to bless. Because if this is going to happen like I've got planned, this is what you're going to have to do, Lord. I'm expecting a miracle, God, so here's what needs to happen for me to get that miracle. And I just want to reiterate, many are the plans of a man's heart. But it is God's plans, it is God's purpose that prevails. 
this, this boat did not have unexperienced fishermen on it. This little boat had experienced fishermen on it. But you will find in your life that what you think you're good at will not be enough to do what God has called you to do. Well, I've always heard that God will never give you too much that you can't bear. God will always give you enough. No, let me, let me put it to you this way. It's a walk of faith. I don't believe God will call you to anything that through faith he won't continually supply the need. But if you think that he's going to get you to a point where you're perfectly ready to face everything before you face it, that's typically not how it works. That is not how it works. Uh, I'll just, it might be a, a bad analogy, but um, that's why this last year has so been, been fun and scary all at the same time. Um, I love training and developing and working with adults. But I've never thought about myself in education in the elementary grades or lower grades. We have a daycare, but in my mind, I just, just let me know when things need to be fixed. I'll go over there and work on windows and toilets, but, but all the ladies can, ha please ladies, it's a powerful ministry, help take care of the children. Please don't, please don't call me if there's kids involved, right? Now, I don't mean that in a bad way. I love kids over there. Okay? So when God started planning in my heart and, and moving and, and giving direction to start a school here, there, there were two things that, that I needed God to confirm, and he did both of them pretty quickly. The, the first thing was, God called me to something that I was not prepared for. I'd never considered myself the kind of person that would start and initiate that. And please believe me, I don't want to be the first uh, person to start a school at 58 so I can be the principal of something. The, the, the plans are already being laid out because God is not just, this isn't about John McLeod. We're trying to lay this out in such a way that a, a few years from now, somebody else is running it because it's going to get way too big for me to handle it anyway. So this isn't about, John, I'm, I'm going to prepare you to, to run schools for the rest of your life. No, that's, not, that's really not the point. It's just being the launch for it. So I, I knew... I knew it was a God thing when he started speaking in my spirit from that perspective. But then I, I really asked God seriously, please send someone to me to tell me I'm crazy. Now, there's a few people I didn't ask. Because they, they will call me crazy anyway. Right? But it was amazing how that everybody that I would sit down with and they just explain the burden, explain and the doors that God was opening. Guys, it's been a miracle. But I also promise you there's been storms in the middle of it. There's been horrendous waves and attacks all in the middle of it. That there's been times in the middle of it where I've wanted to say, you know what? This is not worth it. This is not what I thought. If I had to deal with this, God, please, I, you know, I'll do something over here, but maybe we'll just do a homeschool. Maybe that'll count for something. Can that, can that count, Lord, please? No, I, f I found myself out in a new season. And, and not, not trying to use this verse as the example, 
but it was almost like immediately get this thing going. Immediately. That's why we're starting in January. I started, we, we, were, we were even looking at trying to start in August. But you know what? God has a way of even when you say, okay, let's go. No, 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 no. Just hold on, big boy. You don't know how to drive. Remember, slow down. And I think I told you this. this I called the city to make sure we had um, the right codes and the right things in place. And the city said, you don't have anything in place. You, don't, you have nothing, sir. Okay, I'm sorry. What, what, how long is that going to take? It's going to take at least four months. I'm like, okay, well, there's our answer. We're not starting anything till January. Well, about after I met with everyone and we decided we're not starting till January, guess who called back? The city called back. And the city said, sir, I want to apologize to you. After we hung up, I thought, now, wait a minute. This is an existing church. This is... This is, this, I, I think I missed, let me check on that. So she went back and checked, and we're already zoned for 150 students from kindergarten through fifth grade. Now, praise the Lord. But, but see, God used her to slow me down. God used her to slow me down, because only in us slowing down have we really been able to prepare for what God is doing. Because you can underprepare and get overwhelmed, or you can back up and be prepared and handle what God's bringing you into. Because even when you think you're prepared, you're still going to need him to do what you're doing. It, it Don't ever think that you've got enough strength to do what God is taking you through. You'll always need him as prepared as you are. And so after we talked to this lady, we backed everybody up, and we said, okay, here's what we're doing working with the daycare, working with the leaders there. We're, we've, got, we've already got kindergarten and first grade started at daycare. We're moving them over here in January. I think I told you last week about a lot of different programs, and, and we're working on the facilities. I'm saying all that because in the midst of that journey, I can have preconceived ideas about what things are going to be because God is in it, but as soon as the storm hits, God, where are you in this? I didn't know I was going to have to deal with this. I didn't know how I was going to have to live with this pain. But you know what? It, it also reminds me of, again, we're the disciples. Because God in his loving way constantly says, John, when was the last time I failed you? When was the last time I let you down? I, there hasn't been, Lord. Then why would I start now? That's what the disciples are constantly saying. And Jesus is trying to constantly, guys, it's me. When's the last time I let you down? Jesus, you haven't. Now, now listen, I know none of you are like this, but sometimes in my flesh, if I was Jesus, I would just want to just the disciples a couple times. Can I get a witness? You know, believe me, Jesus wants to do it to us, I think, occasionally too. He just wants to lovingly nudge us. Now, I, I say that because constantly. Now, here's the challenge for us, guys. This, this is easy because I can speak from, from a, a, a different side of that battle. But if you're in the middle of that pain right now, it hurts. If you're in the middle of that struggle right now, you're feeling it. 
if you're in the middle of that storm right now, I, I, I'm just here to tell you this isn't about if you really get super spiritual enough, you'll never feel the storm. No. This isn't about being super spiritual. This is about staying and living next to Jesus. Don't ever think it's about us being superheroes in Christ. That was a great VBS. All right? But he's the superhero. So what's the second thing? So we get this new direction, but we get a new word, and that messes some people up. Because it's not about a new word. It's a revelation of a word we've probably read a thousand times. It's, it's, a re- it's a revelation of something you've read. Have you ever read a scripture, and you've heard it all your life, but then you read a scripture one morning, and, and it explodes? And God just pulls back a whole curtain on what you've never seen before. And I'm not talking about some new weird theology. It's not taking one scripture and building on that. It's seeing the whole picture of God, the whole story of God unravel. And all of a sudden, that verse explodes in front of you. And you're like, wow, I've never seen it like that before. That's what I talked about God being a mystery. It's every time you get in the word, every time you start to follow Christ, you'll see things in your life and around you that God is constantly shining his light on. And it's not to shine his light on you and go, aha, caught you again. No, it's more about, here's more about me that I want you to know. And you just tend to see things in your life that don't need to be there. There are things in your life that, that you need to let go of. There are things in your life that don't, even you don't even care about anymore and you need to move forward and let those things go that's that new word what is the new word here is when jesus steps in the boat and says take heart take courage it is i one more time he's asking them to be bold be courageous can i ask you a question what does courageous look like for you what does being bold look like for you? What does is, what is stepping out in faith with boldness look like? I think we hinder ourselves sometimes by, by thinking it's got to be that superhuman thing, that superhero, that super spiritual thing. So boldness for us looks like going to work and telling everyone there about Jesus Christ at the same time with that voice. Because if you really were bold and if you really loved Jesus, you would talk differently at work. And it would be anointed and everybody would get saved. No, you would get laughed at. Now, I know someone at work would probably go, wow, you're, you're really bold. But that's not what I'm talking about. Now, please, if God tells somebody here to go to work tomorrow and preach, do it. But I got news for you. Nine times out of ten, the first thing he's going to ask you to do is to live it. That's where the boldness comes in. He's not talking about being bold enough to preach it. That'll come later. He's talking about just being bold enough to live it. In this culture that we live in, the disciples, what he was telling the disciples is, guys, come on, when you face storms, you're going to face storms, you're going to face difficulties. But instead of cowering down to life, and living in fear, and screaming at everything you see about being a, a ghost, and living in fear. What about kind of faith that says, 
It is I. Take courage. Be bold. Live the kind of life that says, God sent me out here, and there's going to be storms. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be things that try to hold me back. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm moving forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, yes, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. Listen, the Bible is replete with men, and I'm sure women, who battle depression. There is very true. So this isn't about you never having a bad day when you're really following Jesus. No, if you're really following Jesus, you're going to have a bad day. The enemy is a good enemy. And we don't, we don't battle with flesh and blood. It's a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. So I promise you, because there's not, I, I've told you this before, there's nothing I preach that I don't have to live. So if I preach about bad days, usually if I've had them, I'm like, praise the Lord. Because if I preach about bad days and I've not had them recently, I'm like, oh, Lord. I wonder what's coming now, Lord, because I'm, I'm, I just preached it, so I'm ready. So why am I saying this? Because I believe the kind of boldness that's necessary in, in 2021 is not about how bold we can be with activities. It's how bold are you willing to be with following after Christ so passionately people see it in your life. Following after Christ with such a passion that, that even your family says something's changed. That even people around you say something's different. I'm going to talk about some of that in a moment. Because the, the, third, the third point, very quickly, is that there's, there's the same purpose. New direction, a new word, but the same purpose. Same purpose, follow Jesus. Same purpose, give him glory. Say, well, you know, I think there's a lot of purposes. Yeah, there might be a, God might use you in a lot of different ways, but it's all for his purpose. It's his purpose. Listen to what the word says, and, and we didn't have time this morning. It's my fault to get all these scriptures on the uh, PowerPoint. Donovan was so gracious to get the majority of them up there, but listen. Psalms 31, be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Joshua 1, have I not commanded you? Be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Did you hear that? Exodus, but for this purpose I have raised you up to show you my power, so that by my name he may be proclaimed in all the earth. Proverbs 19, I've already shared this several times, many are the plans of man's heart, but it is God's purposes that will prevail. 2 Timothy, he who saves us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purposes. God has saved you and God has gifted you, not for your purpose, but for his purpose. See, we're not, we don't do what we do for our glory. We do what we do for his glory. I don't use gifts and my talents and in, in, in however ways God has gifted us for his glory, for my glory, but for his glory. Um, and, and it's important that we know our gifts and our talents. But one of the, one of the strongest things that I, I try to help people battle against is when we do assessments, everybody done an assessment, right? Your gift assessments. These are important and it really helps us. It helps navigate relationships sometimes. But people can get caught up in that. And their gifts and their talents become their God. 
I love what C.S. Lewis said, and, and, and we don't have the quote on the screen, so I'm going to paraphrase. Ready? If you really want to change, don't follow the things that you want to change. Just follow him. If you really want to change, don't follow the things you want to change. But isn't that a little, you know, if we really want to change, shouldn't we focus on the change? No, that's, that's been our biggest challenge. We get so focused on the things. Things change, but we're not following him. Now we think it's all about us. This is, this needs to just settle in for a minute. You will battle with this. If, if you're not careful, the way God is using you will become your God. How God is trying to raise you up. This is a huge thing that the church is going to have to walk through. That's why the series that Dr. Bucci did is so powerful. Because what, what a lot of church has become, if we're not careful, is self-absorbed, meet my needs. Rather than here I am, use me. Right? Because our purposes must change. My purpose is not just to have a great week. God bless you, have a great week. Um, what, what if it meant God needs to bless you because you're going into this week? You need God's presence for whatever you face this week. Because there's going to be great weeks and bad weeks, right? There's going to be good days and bad days. I'm, I'm talking about, that's why the family of God is so powerfully needed, because we need each other. Why? Because when we're meeting during the week and we're going through battles together, we need each other. <laughs> it doesn't say it in the passage, but just maybe, just maybe, God was trying to teach the disciples, make sure when you go out boating, you got a couple other guys with you. That way you can all be learning something together, right? So maybe it's important for us to understand we learn best when we're learning together. And it's important for us to get together. So how, how can we, and I'm closing, how can we experience this? Everything I've been talking about, how, how are a few ways we experience this? Well, I'm not going to just give you a quick to-do list. We all know we should pray. We all know we should get into God's word. But I wonder... I wonder if you just left here today thinking, what is it that I'm going to do this week that I know God is dealing with me about? It's not about legalism. It's not about I'm following rules. It's I know God is dealing with me in this specific area. And I'm either going to pick it up because he's wanting me to pick it up or I'm going to lay it down. You see, it could be that he's wanting you to take a step into ministry. And when I say ministry, I don't mean find a plant or find a pulpit and find a platform and, and, and start preaching. That's not what I mean. Ministry is service. He's wanting you to step in an area of service you never expected that you would be involved in. Or, or just maybe it's something that you are carrying that you, you really, he's want, he wants you to lay it down. It might be a schedule. It might be sin. Guys, listen. When Jesus got to the other side with the disciples, they didn't need a marketing campaign. He ends up going to the same place where he had delivered the demon, the demonic. He cast the demon out, and then that man wanted to continue with Jesus, but Jesus said, no, listen, I want you to do this. I want you to go back to your hometown and tell everyone the marvelous things that God has done. He went back to the hometown, told everybody, so now this time when Jesus landed, everybody was already running to Jesus. 
You see, I think sometimes when we're just obedient, thing, seed that has been planted a long time ago starts to show up. When we're just obedient and we're following after Christ, you know, we're, our, pre, our preconceived ideas about things that should be happening, if they're not happening, we're trying to make those happen. But in this new season, rather than trying to make what you think needs to happen, what if you just started today saying, Lord, here I am. What's that new direction, that new word, that new purpose? Here I am. What is he saying? Let's stand. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we, we bow our head, we bow our hearts right now. And Lord, as we close the service in just a moment, I, I, if a few of our prayer team can come up to the front, we'll just want to prepare for prayer. Lord, we just we come to you today because, Lord, we're moving into a, a season, a new season but, Lord, even in our lives, it's not about just entering into the fall. Lord, school has started. Things have changed. Things are still changing. Relationships, all kind of things are taking place all around us, and we're just moving through the seasons. Lord, and if we're not careful, we just keep moving through the seasons, and nothing ever changes. Nothing matures. Nothing grows. And you're at work all around us. And we become hardened. We just come to you right now and say, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. Lord, whatever that new direction is, and it's not about us jumping up and just doing something new on a whim, but God, what is that thing you've been dealing with us through? That issue, that sin, that relationship, Lord, Speak to them. Lord, I also pray that we hear your word. And it may be the words from this morning that bring new revelation, but Lord, I pray also that we just hear you once again saying, take heart. I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Because, Lord, what you have and what you are calling us to is to give you glory. Lord, and it may be in a school. It may be at our work. It may be in a Bible study. It may be in our families. But it will all be because we're just living this out in our personal lives living in community in the body of Christ. Lord, actually, there's, there's nothing really superhuman about it, but it is supernatural. We can't do it without you. So, Father, I pray that you would just touch us. As we, as we leave here in just a moment, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to minister and strengthen us in powerful ways. Show yourself mighty through us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed, but I, I want us to um, reverently be dismissed because if someone needs prayer, we want to take just a few moments. And if you want special prayer or need special prayer, please come forward.
and we want to take a few moments to pray with you. But you may be dismissed. God bless you. We'll certainly see you next week. Amen. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.